Do you like to read? Are you tired of the podcasts out there that just skim the surface of books? Or how about the book clubs that are designed to just get you to buy the book? Yeah, we were tired of those too. My name is Alan, and along with my friend Phil, I was tired of all of those superficial discussions of books. We wanted something deeper. So we created this podcast for us to discuss what we wanted, to dive deep into the books we read. Are you ready? Because this ain't your mother's book club. This is Two Dudes with an Opinion. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties. Phil, you left off talking about a company you were uh, you were looking at with the severance package. So I, I was heard there's a um, this company, and they they said something. The founder said something, and it really upset a lot of their their staff. Um, and I think when I heard it, it sounded pretty innocent, right? I think it was something to the effect that. Uh, you should know what gender you are, right? Okay. Uh, uh, like a guy, a guy should be able to tell what he is. And when they put it on the application, that's what it is. <laughs> and this really offended like the whole, like 10% or 20% of his organization. And his answer was, you know what? Anybody who doesn't like it can go. Yeah. And to, to make it right to you, right? To be a good guy, I'll give you three or six months pay. I think he said six months, but it might've been three months. Um, and a bunch of people left and he's like, yeah. just know that this isn't, uh, this isn't going to be part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even after that, people were so furious with him that he, he didn't make it, uh, like, a significant apology. He just basically said, get out if you don't like it. Um, despite being in a fairly nice way, I think it was something ridiculous, like six months pay. Um, yeah, it's a it had pretty... to cost them insane amount of money to do well, that. So he, oh boy, I have lots of thoughts there. Tell me your thoughts. Cause I'm curious. <laughs> it's funny. We're not, we're not even really diving into the topic of leading up and down the chain of command, but at the same time, we kind of are, it, it is right because when you have messaging that comes down the chain that you don't appreciate, yeah. right? You you have to know how you're going to respond, and it, it has to be productive, or you have to fight it if you think you want to save your company. Um, yeah, I see. I see both ways, right? Now the guy might have been totally wrong, um, and I'm not even advocating for what he said was right because I don't know what he actually said. Uh, yeah, but I just remember in my in my mind it sounded like something that wouldn't have offended me. But, you know, I know I say on this show, lots of things that would offend tens and hundreds of people, maybe. So mm. well, it's, it's difficult because what we have to do is, um, I'm trying to connect these. So, all right. Let's put a pause on that story for a second. I'm going to circle right back to it as best as I can here. Um, okay. So what, what we're supposed to be talking about in this episode is uh, what we call, or what's called leading up. 
<laughs> Again, more technical difficulties. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be a super short episode because we are, yeah, I'm having issues. Oh, but hopefully they're getting resolved. I may have to end up switching over to my um, webcam mic. I was just thinking about that. Anyway, uh, all right. So uh, let's let me dive into this story. So one of the the things with this chapter I, that I really liked is their um, their anecdote. Uh, I don't remember um, like all the details from the beginning uh, anecdote because I kind of think it was uh, a different one. But what I really liked about it is that. Um, so they actually split this chapter up into two sections, leading down the chain of command and leading up the chain of command. And the one anecdote that kind of popped into my head and always sticks with me is the anecdote for leading up the chain of command. Uh, Leif Babin uh, basically walks into Jocko's office, like all hot and bothered and frustrated with all of the questions that he is receiving from the upper chain of command. Because what ha- what's happening is that before uh, the, the task unit can go on missions, they need permission from the upper chain. The upper chain needs to be able to come in and say, yes, you're good to go. You can go out and you can do all that. Uh, you can do your thing. And they're constantly coming back to Leif with tons of questions. And Leif is getting tired of answering all of their questions and such. And if I and could just take two seconds and have fun with this, because it's kind never of like two seconds. <laughs> I'll keep it super short, I promise. It's kind of like Leif at this point is like an old man set in his ways, right? He's been mm-hmm. running missions for a while. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he's being, feels like he's being babysat and bothered and mom and dad are sitting on his head bugging the hell out of him like he's trying to go to the prom but they won't let him sneak out well and it's not just that 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 is a a very very good example of it and that happens to a lot of us it often happens to me so like one of the 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 weird one of the these things that frustrates my parents the most is that i am constantly switching jobs and the reason why it frustrates my parents the most is because they are of the generation that they once you get a job you sit down and you stick with that job for the next 30 years um, and that's job and both of them, <laughs> both of them fortunately had job security and could do that. I, I mean, I kind of have, jo- I, I've had job security at a lot of the jobs that I am at, but part of the, fr- but part of it to me is I just am, I just get tired uh, of being in a, uh, in a job and, oh, okay. So the long and short of it is really, I get tired of working for other people. And so I always want to go and like change jobs to work for, for some people. Um, the law, um, I'm reading this book right now called, uh, the practice by Seth Godin here. This is without its cover. Oh, he's amazing. But there was something he said recently, uh, and it's very apt, um, or recently. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I am so jealous of your book collection, even when I can't see it. <laughs> uh, so one of the, but one of the things that he talks about in there is basically one thing that we always want to do and, and very often what we want to have is to be able to put something out in, into the world that is ours, our own. 
And that tends to be kind of the frustration that I often run into is I, I come in and I'm working on a job and it's like, I really want this to be my own. I want this job or this, what I'm working on to be my own. And I want to put that out there for, for them. And I run into situations that are very similar to like what Leif is talking about and, and kind of what you were alluding to. Like I come into a job and um, at the very beginning, what often ha- what, what gets frustrating and, and is hard for me to work on it, uh, and deal with, and, and I'm constantly working on this internally for myself, is people don't know you. They don't trust you just yet. So they hold your hand. Or they or they put up tons of guide guide posts and stuff. And it, it for me who has been around the block multiple times, it is a very frustrating thing. And I cannot I like it annoys the the heck out of me because I, it's like if you just let me have freedom to do this, you're gonna love what I do. Like I I know that. But I have to work with it for a couple of months always and just deal with the whole report right. building. Yeah, it, 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 it is very frustrating. I don't like it. And so a lot of times, so very often I end up in this situation or I used to end up in the situation that Leif was in where he you're constantly getting bombarded with questions for, from people built, uh, above you in the chain of command, so to speak. Um, and so one of the things, and, and, and so during this whole discussion in this story, like Leif is complaining about it, like I do with, other, with some people too, like I'll, I'll t- complain about it with my parents. My gosh, God bless them because holy cow, do they listen to my complaining? <laughs> rubble, rubble. And Maybe that's why they Jocko, got the sheep. What? Maybe that's why you got the sheep. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can't. I can't I blame them for getting the sheep. My mom actually has posted some really hilarious pictures of. <laughs> of that on the sheep like she she has a picture of the three sheep sitting there and she's like all right meeting with every morning meeting with everybody we got to sit down and and got yep <laughs> and she just, oh my gosh i'm gonna pull up this i have to pull this up right now yeah. I'm not, i can't share the the photo or or anything but we i got a video, share video with the system so i don't know to. I don't know, but hold on. I gotta, I gotta find these. These are. This is a whole. It's hilarious. Uh, oh my gosh! I gotta find this. Morning. Here it is. <laughs> Get ready. Here I am. Get ready for this. All right. So it's a picture of their three sheep. And it says, morning check-in meeting, important to connect with the team and ensure we are on the same agenda. Good time to communicate, get clarity, and hear what the team members think. Grain and hay it is. Green and hay. <laughs> but anyway, so... So Leif is complaining to Jocko and Jocko basically comes back and says, well, you know, wh- why do you think they're asking these questions? And the whole thing is it's because they want to know, they need to know more. And so Jocko sits there and says, part of what we have to do as um, somebody who's below is we have to provide tons of information to the people above us. And this is such an extremely important um, thing. I am 
and you also have to we also have to be uh this is a it's a it's a skill okay it's a skill you have to learn and every company is different every team is different it it's better the the general principle is it's better to over communicate than under communicate so when you are doing something and you like part of what you needed to do as a subordinate is lead up the chain is lead up to your to the people above you and so you need to provide a ton of information to them it goes back to that whole i intend to i intend to do this x y and z so what leif should have been doing is providing a ton of information to the people above him so that they didn't have to come back and and ask all of those questions, which is what he ends up doing. And this is something that over time I have had to learn and I have had to try and implement is provide as much information and stuff as possible up the chain of command. Now, mind you, there does come a point in which you will uh, will start learning what to share and what not to share uh, and what to talk about and what not to talk about. And that takes time and effort and and experience in every other and every leader above you is different like one of the things that i have learned is that there are some people where if you start talking to them about other things you are or like if you start talking about hey i'm doing this and then i'm doing this some of them are they're not even going to care about this other thing that you're doing over here they only want to hear about what's pertinent to them and that's part of what leading up the chain is, is sitting there saying, all right, you don't care about what's going on over here. So let me just tell you about what I'm doing up over here that you care about. Others do want to know everything about what you are doing. And so you do have to share it with them. And they, they and a lot of it is that they want to know everything that you're doing, not to tell you, not necessarily to tell you what to do and what not to do, but to at least understand what's going on at least have a big picture view about what's going on with the team. Now, taking this back to the example you were giving about that CEO who was sitting there telling his people, if you don't like it at this company, we are going to do this one thing. If you don't like it, you can leave. I have a lot of um, uh, I, I have a, a lot of mixed feelings about a view like that. In one regard, I think that's good. I think it it is good for you to be. Um, so here, here the the big, huge, ma- massive trend these days is for he, people and companies to sit there and say, "We are an inclusive company." That's bull- and I just cussed. Okay, that is utter, complete, and utter bull. Um, because the thing, because, because the thing is companies have to be inherently exclusive. They have to exclude people no matter what. And mind you, yes, when people sit there and say, oh, we are an inclusive company, they are talking about immutable, like uh, oftentimes immutable characteristics. Like we are inclusive of women. We are inclusive of people who are of different skin colors, of different ethnicities, of different backgrounds and things like that. I am okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I don't like the phrase, we are an inclusive company. Because the thing is, companies have to be exclusive. They have to exclude people. They have to exclude people who do not fit the the job profile for which they are hiring. They have to exclude people who do not have the skill set that they need. They have to exclude people who just can't cut 
the job. Like you have to do that now. And you also have to exclude people who have not, as Phil put in, uh, kind of put in our little chat here, who you have to also exclude people who have not bought in on the, the vision and the purpose of the company. Now, mind you, I think that's a 50 50 thing. I think that they're, um, so one of the things that I have come to the conclusion with, I used, I, I like, Phil, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm just going to be like, no, steamrolling I'm, I'm, here. I'm loving this. Yeah, I, I, so I, I have to steamroll this. Um, all right, so here's the thing. I used to get very frustrated with people who would not go up and be, uh, go and work beyond um, beyond their job duties. I would get frustrated with people who would show up at uh, at work on time and then leave on time. Um, I would get like I, I sat there and I was like, that is that is so frustrating. But and that's that's like not showing any. It's like, why are you doing that? You should be going up above and beyond your 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 job. And, and the thing is, as I, I have learned over the years, that those are actually the best employees. And and this is the, the I was crazy about to say, part. I admire people that show up on time and can leave on time. This is yes. a skill that I love. I can never yes. do. Yes, but you you, you um, go because I want to hear your reason. So here, here, here's the thing. As I have worked and, and gone throughout things f- through the years, what I have discovered is that the people who come early and stay late are the ones who get burnt out, the ones who get fed up with companies, who the ones who get tired of things. They're the ones who, who end up leaving a company. Like they are very often, most often the ones who leave and they are the ones who leave the biggest hole in a company when they leave because they do so much. And I I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. I think that's, that's good for them. But the problem is that they do like there's those types of people end up at comp like th- there's so much churn with those types of people at companies. Like they, they're 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 those types of people come and go a lot. The ones who stay and the ones who stick around the most and the longest are the ones who come in on time and the ones who leave on time. They're the one the ones who come in and put an eight hour day and then leave. Those are the ones who stay all around a lot. Now you you shouldn't necessarily um I, I would say like you shouldn't necessarily be that type of a person 100 of the time but that should be your main goal i would say as as an employees your main goal should be when i am here like i come in and i am here i am here like i am present fully present and dedicated to my job but there comes a point in which there's a boundary i set up a boundary I leave my work, I leave my desk, I leave my office. You do not talk to me, you do not call me, you do not do anything with me unless it's an emergency. And then if it's an emergency, I will work to help you. If it's not an emergency and I deem it not to be an emergency because it's very much I whether or not I deem it an emergency, not whether or not the boss deems it an emergency, it's, hey, we can take care of this in the morning. I will talk to you in the morning. Then you hang up the phone and you move on. Or yeah, all right, let me get on that. Let me go do that. So that's that is a part of leading up the chain, leading up the chain of command as well. Because what you have to do is you you as an employee, as a subordinate, is you have to work with your um, with your leadership. It's a negotiation type process of setting up boundaries between you. Like it's very important to take time off. 
it's a huge deal to do that because if you can take time off and take time away from your your job and everything you can recharge and you can reset and then you can come in the ne- the next day or the next week and just be even more phenomenal at your job than you already are because you're fully rested so anyway that like that's my whole view of it now when it comes to like what that guy what that ceo was saying I think that is an important thing for CEOs to do is to be able to set a vision and set a purpose for the company and sit there and say, hey, this is our purpose. This is our job. If you do not like this, you do not agree with it, please hear. Here's as harsh as this sounds. Here's the door. But you also have to be very careful about when you are sitting, setting that vision and that purpose, that it's not something that is going to be absolutely insane. Like if you're sitting there and you're demanding that your people work 80 hour, uh, 80 hour weeks, that's insane. That's wrong. Someone needs to call you on that. And that's where someone like uh, some subordinate comes in and is like, hey, no boundaries, dude. I, I, I live, I work to live. I don't live to work. Like that's an important, um, important distinction for people to understand. Um, if your work is your life and everything, fine. I'm okay with that. You just have to understand. And this goes back to a discussion we were having previously about trying to understand and see uh, as we grow how people have a different view and a different world of life. People are at different stages in their life. Like, I, like I said, I used to be one of those a long time ago where I was constantly working seven days a week, 60, 80 hour weeks, that type of thing. Like just constantly doing that. And it was a, uh, at the company I was at, it was actually kind of a, a status symbol within our department about how many hours you worked a week. And it really was. And I got so burnt out, so destroyed over that, that I left. And I went to a company that was, we had a very strict working schedule of, you have to be in at eight o'clock in the morning and everybody at 501 came up. When 501 came around, there was nobody in the building. I like, I loved that schedule. I, I unfortunately had to leave that job because um, uh, you got I, bored. it was too, no, it was too far away from my family um, and I needed to move closer. And at the time I didn't want to work remotely. So I had, I had to leave that job, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Good company, good people, a few nitpicks about things here and there and, and such, but whatever, you know, you can always deal, you can always deal with that and work with that. But anyway, um, and so like, as, as I've gotten older and everything, I, like I've come back, come around to the view of those people who do come in and work those eight hours, they're the backbone of your company. And you can't like sit there and be like, get out because they, they, they don't want to work more than eight hours a day. You can't do that because they're the backbone of your company. Because if you get rid of those types of people, who are you going to be left with? Where well, you're going to be what left with the, with, with the workaholics and the workaholics are going to work themselves into the ground. When they work themselves into the ground, who do you have at that point? No one. So <laughs> that's, but, that's an interesting anyway. way to look at it. I'll play with this afterwards. <laughs> but anyway, but we go back to that whole, the whole purpose, like, so you have to be, when, when you as a leader who's leading, uh, who, who's above everyone and you're, you're trying to lead down the chain. Yes. You need to set a vision. You need to set a purpose for your company, but you also need to, but, and so when you sit there and you start setting up ultimatums for the people below you, you need to be careful about what ultimatums you choose. And, and, and you need to understand that 
is is this really uh, an ultimatum for which you are about that you are risking your comp- you are willing to risk your company on because that's what you're doing as a CEO when you set up an ultimatum with your employees are you willing to risk the entire company on that ultimatum so that's my whole gigantic rant on a uh, rant and discussion and views on that type of stuff like that's probably 20 15, 20 minutes of me just straight up talking. I love it. So basically what you said is you're trying, you got to be careful. You're not, uh, the leadership is not self-imploding when they do some action like that, which is important. Yes. Yes. Um, Yep. It's very important. Yeah. Uh, We could, we could easily take the example of Uber and WeWork lately. Like those are really, those are really amazing case studies about, leadership that imploded on, uh, on everything. I haven't what's going on with Uber. You know what? Let's uh, talk this, about that afterwards. Uh, the, the long and short of it is the CEO, and this was years ago. It's not new. Oh, so it's, not it's, an, it's an old thing. Um, the long and short of it is the CEO at Uber created a cult of personality at that company and ended up um, imploding and having to leave because he uh, it, it just got really sexual. Like he created a very sexual environment and a lot of sexual harassment was happening because of what he, uh, because of the personality that he could brought to the company and everything. So, and they fired him as CEO, the board got rid of him. Um, you know, that's the challenge. That's the real challenge for a lot of leaders. A lot, a lot of natural leaders, um, are natural leaders because they're sex driven. And that's kind of encouraging the the world we're in. So it's interesting. That would be something interesting to explore. Yeah, I always enjoy Um, exploring exploring sex. Oh, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm sure everybody else does. (laughs) Uh, I I love making obvious statements. Um. (laughs) But yeah, so that's like, that's leading up and down the chain of command in a nutshell, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we nailed a lot of it, actually. So this today could be short. Um, the um, I don't know. What, one we'll thing see. that I do when I'm early on in an organization, and uh, they alluded to this, is in the beginning, over-communicate, right? Just yeah. kind of like give them too many details to the point where they're like, okay, fine, I now trust you. Just give me what I need and... Yeah. You know, I'll elaborate a little bit, right? Because he was pissed off. Like, they wanted seat assignments five minutes before they took off, right? Yeah. And so on. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I can imagine that's excessive. But I imagine it came because probably something got blown up and they couldn't identify the parts. So, and, see, and, and that's something that we also have to realize. There's a reason why they ask, people ask questions. There's, there's a reason they come back and, and for, with that stuff. So we have to have to show a little grace to them and be like, okay, okay, you're asking me this question. There's a reason you're asking me this question. Yeah. Hard to do in a combat situation. Um, Even harder to do when you're just not in the mood and you don't want to deal with your boss because you feel like you're being upset. Yeah. Yeah. some emotional crap. (laughs) Are you telling me, Phil, that you are not emotional at all? Oh, no. I'm sensitive, whiny princess. In fact, I would say I am a Russian princess. So Russian, yeah. yeah. You don't remember the whole "I'm a Russian princess" thing? No, you might have been young. Google it later. It's from the Senate. 
Um, I think it's a reference to the Senate. I can't remember which senator said. So if I if I say I'm a Russian princess, you'll believe that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of believe it no matter what. Yeah. You know, I, I would look <laughs> terrific in a pink Russian wooden dress. I don't know why I said wooden because I'm thinking of those little dolls inside the dolls, I guess. So oh, I was thinking of clogs like the Dutch clogs. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, you know, if you're not Dutch, you're not much. And I'm part Dutch. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I totally Good one. look great in some clogs. And, Good one. you know, I wouldn't even have to shave. Do Dutch shave? No, shave? not at all. They don't, they don't need to. With clogs, you're hot. Shouldn't have to shave. <laughs> um, some clogs, some socks, up to your knees. <laughs> we we have... <laughs> we have completely lost the thread of this community this discussion <laughs> maybe the community too um, <laughs> oh if we don't get canceled this is what we get canceled over plugs <laughs> right. in, in, in 20 years it's going to be the, the, you the, are culturally appreciating misappreciating touch culture mis- misappropriating <laughs> thank you I'm not, I'm not so good on my vocabulary I'm going to get a book for that can you recommend me a good um, book for Wolf A new discourses.com. Say it again? New discourses.com. Or is it .net? I'm going to pull that up right now. Calm. Cool. I'll send you the link in our chat. Thank you. I'm going to work on that. It's. He's. Uh, They've got a, a whole encyclopedia on it on, on terminology. It's it's a lot, and they have they're trying to document all of the uh, new terms that are coming out, and they just it's just way too much work. Oh, so it's anyway. bet, I bet it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, very it is fast moving environments. Well, it's a little easier for me to be able to keep up with it because I I live in a college town, so I've got a lot of um, college students that I interact with that throw out terms and stuff like that with to me a lot, and I gotta be able to keep I have to ask them about it and understand to be able to actually have any discussions and talks with them. You know, it's good to be young, my friend. It's good to be young. Am I um, young though? You're younger than me. Younger, brighter, more hair. Definitely more hair. <laughs> more facial hair. You're, I mean, you're just nailing it. <laughs> um, Can you grow a beard? Yeah, yeah. It just gets itchy. Yeah, I know. I have. A, there, I actually have a very beautiful beard. Um, oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, no, it's full. It's all over. There's no like missing splotches. It's just, it's nice. It's nice. Um, it just gets itchy, and I'm too lazy to manicure it right I'm like, yeah oh, come on like you'll always be like taking care of my feet um <laughs> going back to the clogs back to the clogs right i need to work on that. i'd actually be embarrassed to put clogs on without socks but i think i can wear socks <laughs> it'd be okay um yeah. <laughs> or comfortable too <laughs> they you know i wonder right they're nice airy Right. What did the uh, the Romans use to use nice little sandals? But they were leather. Sometimes it's bikes, I guess. Um, well, you think about the Japanese too. The uh, yeah. Japanese traditional sandals were were wooden. 
Yeah, yeah, and there's there's probably good reason for it. Wood has a little bit of padding and natural nature to it. It's kind of nice. I think the um, I think the main reason is because uh, when you're walking in it, so think about back to the ancient times away from Rome. Rome was famous for its roads, um, and and they were uh, their innovations with roads and such. So when you go back to ancient times and you go around the world, most paths, most roads in towns were dirt. And so when it rained and got wet, the dirt would turn into mud. And so for you to be able to walk around comfortably, you can't you and you can't use leather shoes like or leather sandals or things like that because they're not sturdy. You're and you're walking in mud with the leather, they they just get stuck in the mud. So then what what do you do? What's sturdier than uh, uh, leather sandals? Wood. So that's why you create wooden sandals or, or cl- wooden clogs. So it's much easier for you to walk around in the mud because then it, they don't, the mud sticks to the sandals and such, but the sandals or, or the wood doesn't stick with the mud. And so you're able to continue walking. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I made uh, Phil speechless with that. Yeah, I got nothing to add to that. <laughs> there was something you were discussing though earlier before we uh dove, dove down this whole topic of a russian princess and wooden dresses and wooden clogs and things like that i, I think we dive into a more interesting topic um, <laughs> <laughs> where was i i don't remember again was i about uh, to talk okay. about um so i was talking about over deli- over communicating yeah um and they have this the I don't know if they, how, I can't remember exactly how they state it, but essentially the concept is that you shouldn't be asking your leaderships what you should do. You should be telling them what you're doing or what you're, yep. what you are doing, what you're going to do. Um, yeah, not what you're doing. Cause then it's already kind of too late, but if you let yeah. them know what you're going to do, uh, in a way that gives them time to absorb it and to give you feedback, uh, then they don't have to babysit you. So if Leif says, okay, every day we go out, the seating assignments are the same, right? They're not going to change. If they do change, I'll send you a message beforehand, but this is the driver. This is the guy in the the passenger seat. These are the two left and right guys. They carry this weapons. They have this armament. Um, If the mission is for two days, they're going to carry this amount of water and so on. These are our standards. Mm-hmm. And just at a certain point, they're like, okay, fine. You're so consistent. I don't need to hear this crap anymore. Thank you. Let me bother. Let me deal with the guy that's not communicating with me. Um, but I think the good part of that is that if you're doing this, uh, so here's one reason you wouldn't want to do this is if you're insecure with your plan, if you're insecure with your ability to achieve what they want you to achieve, you're going to try to hide details to cover yourself in order to not have to answer questions that are inconvenient for you. Yeah. So that if you, once you realize that in yourself, it's a lot easier to say, well, you know what? Okay. I'll take a little time. I'll give them the information. I'll go ahead and tell them what I'm doing going to do and i'll even write out my my standards where i have them and i'll give them a little booklet and they can read through it at their leisure they'll never read that damn thing and they'll be happy yep 
they'll skim through it and they'll say, oh, wow, this is complete. Okay, yeah, here's all the questions we always ask. And we actually don't care. We just need to know it because somebody else asked me the darn question. And here we go. Yeah, we or or the more likely or what I think is more likely is they read it the first two or three times in detail. And then as they start realizing it's all going to be the same stuff consistently, then they start skimming it for what's changed. And then they start then they may maybe maybe they come back and they say, just tell me what changed from previous. Although I suspect in this case, it's never it would never get to that point because of legal issues. Um, that's kind of one of the, uh, one of the things that I've, uh, discovered over the years when I'm working on, uh, certain documents and such is even though certain aspects of those documents will never change, you still have to include them in the document because of the legal ramifications that happen. Um, you, it's kind of like, if you and there's probably some some lawyer somewhere could probably sit me down and be like, well, here's how you can get around it. But it's, it's kind of like if, service agreement. Yeah, that that stuff. But it's kind of like also if you don't go through and you don't. How do what am I? Where am I going with this? Kind of having a hard time with that. Um, So the way the way yeah. I would handle it, I don't is, remember. I, I know what you're saying. Um, the way I handle this in my business uh, is I have a master service agreement, and that supersedes everything. That gives the our basically our standard operating procedures and what to expect. And it says unless you get a change order, right? Yeah, this is what's happening. And it doesn't say what the jobs, the specific job is going to be, but this it's this is how our, we operate. This is basically our SOPs. If you want something changed, you know this is the rules we live by. This is how long you have to communicate stuff, and this is how long yep. we have to communicate stuff, and everything. Like it just it outlines the terms of agreement. Uh, originally, I thought people would hate it until I grew up and realized that people love the certainty of this and the clarity yes. that it provides. So now. Go ahead. Uh, my, um, now, mind you, that master service agreement can change from one client to another. You do have. Um, oh yeah, I've had. Yeah. I, I've had issues where with um, whereas Ben was at com- a com- uh, companies and we give the client the master service agreement and then the it goes back and forth between our lawyers and their lawyers multiple times because they take issues with certain things and there there's like lots of documentation and stuff about hey and, and part of that is uh that part of that process is the documentation of the we don't like this but we're going to accept it type thing so then that yeah. way if it ever does go to court the the client can sit there and say well but we objected to this here look see and and you rejected our objection and the court can sit there and be like uh yeah that objection is good or no that's a dumb ob- objection that type of thing yeah that gets interesting but yes it does but it's, it's purposeful it's, and it's intentful like, i like that yep. it's up front it's clear uh every agree every customer yep. i think is different so this is a good place Very to true. customize stuff and then once you come to this base agreement you know, it's down to the specific task, the specific mission, the whatever, right? So 
that's my version of it. If you don't have this well-documented process, yeah, every time somebody wants to change order, you have to go and say, okay, this is how we're going to communicate. You have this long to do it. Yep. You know, yep. here's how you do changes and here's, do we agree to this? How do we agree to it? Right. It's tedious. It is. And it's frustrating and it takes a lot of time. So the long and short of it is clarity. Clarity is it's important. Beautiful. Uh, I, it's funny, like as I'm coming or as I'm getting older and older and older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get more test. Yeah, uh, I am coming to the uh, conclusion that clarity is far is probably the most important thing when it comes to communication. So I think it leads um, there's to more a, creativity. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a um, a phrase that a, a certain commentator has come up with that I, I I absolutely agree with it is it's it's clarity before agreement um or even maybe clarity before debate uh, but clarity comes first you need to get clear on each on each other's positions so in a business client relationship you need to get clear on your position as the the service provider and the client needs to get clear on their position as the client you need to both get clear on who wants what and what 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 each person wants and then you can have the discussion and everything and it's the same thing with employment it's the same thing with leadership it's the same thing with ever like everything in life you need to get clear on on positions you need to get clear on priorities you need to get clear on expectations all of that stuff like it it's extremely important which is honestly part of the reason why it's hard to get rid of people um at companies if you do not provide uh, a good clear vision of what that person's duties are and then you start sitting there and getting frustrated with them for not uh, doing or following up on those positions and you want to fire them you kind of end up in a bad position because you don't have any reason to fire them so even though somebody's an at-will employee it's still hard to fire somebody with no reason. You need a reason to fire somebody. So, and I just think like, you should have a reason to fire somebody. Um, yeah, you know, it shouldn't be just know, a I'm random so whim. Yeah, it shouldn't be a whim. This is a bad business choice. I mean, you should mm -hmm. not get up in the morning and say, um, you know, Peter looked at me dirty. I'm going to fire him. Right. Yeah. Then exactly. You realize, then you fire him, and you realize he was looking at you dirty because he just had eye surgery, and you forgot about it. Yep. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, oh, I just lost my best developer, thinking he was being a douche to me. Um, I should have had some balls and chill out yep. or talk to him. Right. Um, so exactly. I like what you're saying. I made up a quote, and I'm sure I made this up. I'm 100% that I made this up. It's a Phil original. This is a Phil original. Nobody ever could have said this before me. Um, clarity before agreement and debate before clarity. And I think this is the process to coming to a solution. Debate before clarity. Define mm -hmm. that. So I think before you can have clarity, you have to have the debates of what's your discussion and to uh, fight out what definitions are nowadays even because you can't just anymore say mm. here's my list of definitions swallow <clears> it 
right? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. In a world where mm -hmm. words are very fluid and uh, mm -hmm. emotions are high, you have to have that debate up front and iron out what even a definition means. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So usually I include that part as a part of the clarity part. But I can see the the whole aspect of it. If you if you sit there and say, "All right, clarity it focuses on your positions," you do need the debate ahead of time to be able to, un, to come to a um, come to a uh, an agreement on what the the terms of of the debate the terms that you are using are and then then you can start getting clarity because it's like if if we do take a a definition of a word and make it um I'm trying not to come up with something super controversial like <laughs> well I something think what you're super saying is you need to have your ground rules before you even have yes. your debate yeah. Well, well, so no, I, I don't necessarily say like the ground rules. I'm, I'm what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is that debate portion is setting up the ground rules and then you can get to the, because it gets to the clarity, because I think that's what you are talking about too. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you need to debate the, those ground rules and then you can set up the, then you can go and get to the clarity part and become clear on what your position is and get clear on what the other person's position is. And then you can get to the actual quote unquote debate part where you can start finding uh in a um finding common ground finding that agreement i think that's the process and, and that you are you are trying to get at and i agree with that did i yeah did i turn that right yeah you did that great i, I hate it boring when you are makes me i made bored. i made that boring you're yeah you're so boring you're so clear and so precise so well no i'm i that was more of me trying to grasp and understand that that whole process because i think the way you shortened everything down into that is really good it's very pithy i'm so pithy pithy that's because i'm a russian princess um <laughs> <laughs> find that quote and on that note, I think we have uh, hit the uh, the end of this. I think we've talked about leading up and down uh, the chain of command pretty well. It may not necessarily uh, be very clear that that's what we did uh, for the listeners, um, but I think about it a lot. It's leading up and down the chain of com the command. This chapter is very much focused on you. Uh, yes, the whole book is focused on um, you as an individual and you as an individual leader. But this section is very much focused on you and where you are within the hierarchy of whatever organization that you are a part of and how to approach the different situations. And one of the biggest things that we have to talk about that, that comes out of this particular this discussion is in, the best way to lead up and down is clarity and to be and to over communicate. So. That is what we are going to end on. We're going to end on the uh, public portion with Phil is a Russian princess. Beautiful one too. All right, everyone. That's it for this episode, but our discussion didn't end here. We actually went on for another hour or so. If you would like to hear the rest of that discussion or the full unedited 
podcast, please head on over to do two dudes with an opinion.locals.com. That's two, the number two, dudes with an opinion.locals.com. And for the just the price of a cup of coffee, you can hear that full unedited version. And if you want to talk to Phil and I directly, uh, just buy us a, you know, trip to McDonald's. That's it. That's all we ask. Anyway, if you enjoyed this and like what we are doing, please leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. That really helps us in the charts. If you didn't enjoy it, well, well, I'm sorry. You can just drop Phil a line and, and let him know what you what you thought and his uh, email is in the podcast notes so just let him know we'd like to hear from you before you go please hit that subscribe button so you can get the latest episode from us otherwise you can find all of our social media uh, in the podcast notes if you want to connect us with us there if you do all that we'll continue bringing you these great episodes these great discussions thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later